0: Welcome to the podcast Let the Prophet Speak. This is Hosea, the prophet Hosea, chapter 14, the final chapter in in Hosea, which is also one of the most popular chapters certainly in Hosea and possibly in all of Tanakh. I know I've said that a lot during Isaiah, during our study of Isaiah, but this one too. It is. It forms the basis of the haftorah portion that is read in synagogue on what is known as Shabbat, Shabbat Shuva, the the weekend of repentance, which occurs every year between and uh, during the high holiday season between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Uh, <laughs> the reasons for that will be obvious. Why this is chosen to be read at that time of year. Um, it also ends Hosea on a positive happy note which is something which was somewhat lacking throughout most of this book uh, as we have had unfortunately so much discussion of, of punishment and destruction and prophecies of doom but this one is um, is a lot more, uh, leaves us feeling a little better. Um, the um, uh, The first verse is really the last verse. The first verse of chapter 14 is really the last verse of chapter 13 and at least according to the way the Jewish chapters are broken up. It landed in chapter 14, based on how the Christian numbering system went. However, I'm going to still use this as the first verse of 14, because I didn't want to end last week with so much doom and gloom. So here goes, as God was criticizing the people of Ephraim, the people of the northern kingdom of Israel, um, who abandoned him and turned instead to their own arrogance, to their own gold and silver and wealth and idols and so on. Um, God said that if you don't come back to me, um, uh, destruction will be what happens. So it starts as follows, Tesham Shomron. You are guilty, Shomron. Shomron is the location of the capital of, of, of the Northern Kingdom. And it is not unusual, of course, to address the entire capital by addressing the entire kingdom by addressing the capital. Um, and also, it's an indication that the leadership is always held responsible for the behavior of the people that they are supposed to be leading, supposed to be in the right direction. And why is it that Shomron is, 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 is guilty? Why is she guilty? Because she has rebelled against her God. Therefore, they will fall by the sword their children will be uh, 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 crushed and killed and their pregnant women will be broken open it's just the awful imagery uh, that happens sometimes throughout Tanakh uh, uh, the imagery of such horrifying um, uh, suffering Um, but unfortunately when, when one country and especially in those days uh was so cruel to their enemies to so cruel to their their people that they conquered these are the kinds of things that used to occur um and as we did learn in Isaiah several times that this was when Ashur who is the one who did unfortunately this destruction to the northern kingdom uh, and perpetrated it when God Gave them permission, so to speak, to be his his rod of punishment to the Northern Kingdom. They took it to the extreme, way beyond what God wanted. So God was simply predicting what the people were going to do when the people decided to destroy the Northern Kingdom, and those people were the people of Assyria. So that ends chapter thirteen. Now we're going to, or technically, really that chapter. Now let's begin uh, this new chapter: Shuvah Yisrael, Return, O Israel. This is Hosea beseeching the people. There is still yet a chance. It is not over. You can come back. You will come back. God does not want to destroy you. God wants you to come back. All of this destruction we just discussed does not have to happen, should not happen, will not happen, because God doesn't want it to happen as long as you just come back. Ad Adonai Elohecha all the way to God, the Lord your God. Because you have stumbled over your sin. A few points I would like to make. This this verse is extremely famous, as I mentioned before. Um, uh, the idea that you uh, there have been probably more uh, sermons on this on this. Uh, Verse than many other verses in the Torah, so um, you know I'm not going to go off on a million different tangents. But a few things I want to point out. Some of the points that many of these sermons revolve around is how the word says "shuvah ad" return until that this process of repentance is something that's a continuation until we reach God which means it's a constant ever lifelong process it's not just a moment Oh, I bang my chest I say I regret it I say I'm sorry and then I go on but it's odd it's all until the process of, of repentance is something that continues the other all the way all the way all the way until we come back to God. And the other one is another topic of many of these sermons is the idea that you have stumbled uh, in your sin, it's kind of odd, it seems kind of repetitive. Isn't the stumbling the sin itself? Which would mean you have you have stumbled by sinning, but here it says, no, you have stumbled because of your sinning. So it would, which seems to give the idea and the sense that that is like two kinds of sin. There's the sin that's, you know, you, you do something wrong, you know, but then you kind of fix yourself up and move on. You make a mistake. But then there's the sin which which becomes a part of you and causes you to get deeper and deeper and deeper into sin. One thinks of addiction as something like that. But many, we, we know this in our, in our lives, that there are certain patterns that we develop and they become impossible to get out of them. That's you have stumbled within your sin. The sin has caused you to sin any, even more. The next verse, another very, very famous verse, mochem Take with you words or things. Divorim means both words and things. Veshuvu el Adonai. How do you return to God? the the, all, the, the, uh, the uh, commentaries explain it is not, it, Hosea is emphasizing, as he has emphasized several times throughout his book, it is not by bringing sacrifices or ceremonies or, or just random uh, things like one would do to worship an idol. But rather, I want your words. I want it's, it's very cheap. It's with you. I don't need gold. I don't need silver. I don't need idols. I don't need sacrifices. I don't need these things. I just need you to speak to me, God says. I need you to give me things that show me that you love me. That's it. That's all I want from you. Imru elov, speak to God. Speak with him. Call upon him. Talk to him. Call tisa avon, any one of you who has sin and vikachtov, if you do that, you will be able to take the goodness with you. The goodness will come to you. Speak to God. Talk to God. Discuss with him your problems, your issues and and, and resolve them. Resolve to be better and work to be better. Unishalma porim sifasenu. And then if you do that, our lips themselves will pay back the sacrifices. You won't need to bring cows for sacrifices, but rather your lips themselves will be what leads you back to God. Ashur lo This is this verse is as as if the people of Ephraim of the Northern Kingdom are speaking. Ashur going off to the other countries and looking after their ways of life and trying to look to them for power because of their power and wealth, they will not save us, they will not help us. We should no longer ride on horses in order to impress them, in order to travel there and try to gain their favor. And no longer should we say, to the creations of our own hands, that you are our God. This is, I emphasized this before during Hosea, but this is something that pops up so many times in this book and the ideas of this prophet trying to teach us. The problem with idol worship, in addition to the obvious theological problem, is the fact that one is worshipping his own handiwork. One is worshipping themselves. Idol worship is the ultimate epitome of human arrogance, thinking that something that I created on my own is something that I'm going to worship because um, uh, we, we will no longer um, it, we will no longer look at our own hands because when you look at your own hands you become arrogant and you don't treat others with respect but it when we when we are with you God, then we learn mercy on other people. Then we're not arrogant. Then we realize and understand that all of us are equal under you, God. We are all equal. We are all children of God and therefore we treat the orphan with pity. And therefore we treat other people with respect. This is the ultimate goal. This is why worshiping God is so much better than worshiping ourselves. Because we, we leave a much a moral, appropriate, merciful, lifestyle air pam now it flips to god talking I will heal you from your rebellion. Oh haveim nidavah I will love you in a generous, beautiful way. Why kishov Pimi Menu? Because my anger has turned away from you. I am no longer angry with you. I love you. I want you to be with me, says God. Eyech I will be like dew to Israel. Now dew, we learned before, had several aspects. On the one hand, it was somewhat of an insult because we, God said you'll be like dew which just dissipates in the morning. But dew is also a Soft, gentle way of nourishing uh, the ground and the land with with moisture. Yisrael, yifrach uh, kashoshana. It shall blossom forth like like a rose, or, or some other kind of flower. Some translate shoshana as a lily. Viyach shoroshov kalavanon, and but not just a flower that comes up and then dies in a week or two, but it, its roots will strike root in the ground like the trees of Lebanon, strong, big, sturdy trees that last for a long time. And what happens? The, the, the branches that draw from those roots will grow strong. And it will be beautiful and wonderful like olive trees. And its scent will be wonderful like the scent of the nature and the beauty found in the hills and forests of Lebanon. Um, the scent is something which we will see soon is, is also a reference and a, and a metaphor for the products of our life, the way other people perceive our lives. So when one is merciful towards others, when one is loving towards God, when one is honest and so on, and all of those things give off a scent so that the other people around us love it and enjoy it and want to be like it. And we'll see that again in the next Pasuk. This is verse 8. Um, those that sit in... In the in the shade of those trees, which are the representative of you, the people of Israel, returning to God, all of those people—these are all the people of the world—that sit in their shade. Remember the idea we had in Isaiah—that the idea of the Jewish people being a light unto the nations. That's the idea that that all the nations of the world will be the and they will turn to God themselves and they will all grow grain and blossom forth like beautiful vines and the way he will be mentioned the way that tree will be mentioned around the world will be uh, talked about like the, the wonderful wines that come from Lebanon people will say, oh that, those people, they have it they're the ones that are merciful and wonderful and beautiful. We want to be like them. And then verse nine, Ephraim Ephraim will then say, Mali what do I need all of these idols for? What do I need this for anymore? Ephraim will get rid of his old bad evil ways. Ani When and this will happen when? When I have answered him, when I have answered his call for repentance, and I will um Look to him. Ani ki verosh I will be like a a a, a is a type of tree. Ra'anan is a um um uh, 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 I saw a JPS translation of verdant, a verdant cypress, like a beautiful green, uh, wonderful tree. Mi many periachanim saw your fruit is provided by me, says God. The fruit that now the ultimate result of all of this, the wonderful trees growing and the, the 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 strength and the and the and the beauty and the shade and the honesty and the scent and all of these wonderful things we've been talking about. The fruit, what results from that, is God's fruit. The fruit that God wants in his world. And Mihakham this is the final verse of this book, who is wise enough via vein and who is um, Intelligent enough and in, in a, in a, in a per, who's perceptive enough, and Yavin is a person who understands things, Elah, who can understand these things, Navon, a person who is who is wise and has that kind of perceptive wisdom, Vieido and know them. Hosea has emphasized over and over and over again that knowledge of God, knowledge of these concepts and ideas that we have just expressed in these last few verses, is the key towards living the type of merciful, just, one righteous life that Hosea has been preaching to the people. And if you understand them, what do you understand? You will understand and know the bottom line. The bottom line is, Ki yishorim dar-chei Adonai, the ways of God are straight. They're not twisted. They're not dishonest. One doesn't have to bend over backwards to understand them. One doesn't have to bend over backwards to explain them. One doesn't have to lie and twist the truth. God's words are straight and true. and therefore those who are righteous will go on God's path and they will go straight on the straight path of God who push in but those that are that are negligent those that are are arrogant they will trip over God's words because they're going to try to make all kinds of twisted ideas and explanations Lubam is the idea and there's probably another several 100,000 sermons given on this last verse. The idea that poshimu imi that those sinners will, will trip over the very words of God themselves. To them, the words of God will seem like an obstacle, act like an obstacle, and be an obstacle. Thank you so much for studying the book of Hosea. Looking forward to studying next the book of Joel together. Uh, again, this is Saul Weiner of the Host for Your Podcast.